Hello and welcome to Church at the Bridge. Thank you for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. Today we are finishing our current series entitled Take the Lead. Today's message is about using the gifts within you. We hope you enjoyed today's word. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How you all doing this morning? It is, it is so good to see you all here. We are so blessed to have you here. Today we get the privilege of looking into God's Word. But I want you to start off with me, and I want you to say to someone that you don't know. That means don't talk to the person next to you, the one that you came with. I want you to say to someone, neighbor. Neighbor. Tell tell another person, neighbor. Neighbor. Now go back to the person you said before, neighbor. Neighbor. You're a gift gift. to me. me. Now tell the other person that you spoke to, neighbor. Neighbor. I'm a gift gift. to you. All right, so... Get this, you guessed it. Today we are talking about a gift. But I don't think it's a gift that many of us consider. Today we're concluding our latest series where we've been talking about taking the lead. And what we've learned is that God loves you and I so much and values us to such a great extent that he sees it fit to include us in what he wants to accomplish through us as a church and as his people. Now, this is one of the scriptures that I've been kind of hammering away at because the Bible says that we go line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so I'm continually seasoning you with this this scripture because I I feel it's important for us to get. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says, for we are what? Co-workers. Co-workers. Man, that was weak. What, what did we use this morning? Sanko or did we do the Bustelo? Which one? All right, let's try this again. For we are co-workers. Co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. I want you to see that God is doing something in you. He's doing something in his church. He's doing something amongst his people. He's growing us like a field that grows fruit, that produces something great. He calls you and I his building. He's erecting something in you. He's raising something up. He's lifting you up from the miry clay, is what the scripture says, that he's lifted you up from the miry clay. And so God is doing something great in you and I, but watch this. It does not happen independent of you. You are God's co-worker. And the beauty in that is that it's exciting because it affirms in us a power that many fail to tap into. It's the power to partner with God and to contribute towards the change that we long for. And so over the last several weeks, we learned a few things. I'll just touch on these real quick. Week one, we learned that it takes commitment. That's a nasty word. But it's a necessary one. We learned that the church does not survive or thrive without people who take seriously the call to shoulder the burden of moving the kingdom of God forward. Whether it's in regards to the church or your personal life, just understand this. That you cannot take the lead into the places that God is calling you to go with him if you're not committed. It takes commitment. Week two, we learned about a necessary connection. We learned that we cannot be the church that God has called us to be in our love for people without a love for one another. Tell somebody, I need you. I I hope you mean that. Listen, I need you. 
Week three, we learned that people that care, carry. That caring the kingdom of God is characterized by people willing to carry one another because we care for one another. In week four, we learned that uh, we're called to partnership with God. That the gospel is advanced by people that take seriously the call to add value, release resources, and sow generously into the kingdom of God. And last week, we learned about going for the win. We learned that God is invested in leading people to his best life for their life. To his blessings, his experiences, to all these things. But that cannot happen if every single one matters and we focus on one another that way. God, that's how everybody wins. And so today it leads us to the conclusion of our series. And I want to talk to you about using the gifts within you. And we started today and you told someone, neighbor, you're a gift to me. I'm a gift to you. But I don't know that many people today consider the gift that God has created them to be. Every one of us here has been gifted with talents, blessings, experiences. According to the scripture, you have an anointing. And it's an anointing that is from God. It's something that God wants to do through you. He wants to unpackage something within you to make a difference in this world. I'm reminded of a scripture, not, not, I'm sorry, not a scripture, a story that I read in a publication many years ago by the Wyclef Bible translators. Um, and there was a story told about a woman named Sadie who grew up as a child of missionaries and went on to eventually become a missionary herself serving children in the Philippines for many years. And every year since she was a kid, she received books that were sent to her as gifts from family abroad. And Sadie grew to love these books. So from her youth, she amassed a very large collection of books. And these books exposed her to many facets of life. Things such as nature and people and experiences and information. And so having lived on the mission field for a, for a large majority of her life, these books became her outlet into a world bigger than the one that she had grown up to know while living among impoverished people. And with these books and through the power of her imagination, Sadie experienced the arts, distant lands. She explored rich cultures and precious artifacts. She came to know about rare wonders of the world, diverse groups of people, and she even learned quite a few languages along the way. And so throughout the years, she reluctantly loaned out some of her books. But she kept the majority of her most treasured books for preservation and personal review in a footlocker under her bed. And so once in the quiet of the night, Sadie heard a gnawing sound. And after searching all around her room and outside her tin housing, she went back to sleep, concluding that, it must be something else. It was inconsequential. And so as time progressed, she continued to occasionally hear this gnawing sound despite her efforts. And she could not identify its source. So no matter how hard she tried, she just couldn't find where this noise was coming from. And on one particular night, after being awakened by the gnawing sound and not being able to go back to sleep, she decided that she would leave her meager surroundings 
and the annoying sound that she had grown accustomed to by retreating to a distant place through one of her prized books. As she looked under her bed and reached for her footlocker, despair set in. Sadie realized that the annoying sound had been coming all along from within the footlocker containing the books that held her most treasured life experiences. Upon frantically pulling it out, she found nothing but an enormous pile of dust. All the books that she had kept to herself had been lost to termites. Listen, a gift can only be appreciated and its value maximized as it is shared with those around us. And there are gifts within you and I. You are a gift. I want you to consider the magnitude of that statement from the scriptures. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Listen closely to this. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in concordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Do, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, that's talking about love, do it cheerfully. I want you to see that when Paul starts off speaking in, in, in Romans chapter 12, in verse 3 particularly, he says that each one of us should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Now watch what that looks like. When you and I say, I don't need your gift and I'm not sharing mine. Translation, it's a form of pride. It's selfishness. It's selfishness. If you believe that God told you to pull away from the body, you're not hearing God. You're not hearing God. Now listen closely. Are there moments where God may pull you away in solitude? Yes. Are there moments when God is doing a work in you? Yes. But God does not call you to dismember yourself from membership in the body. He calls us one. One. And so you see, your gift, according to what we read here in Scripture, is not for you. Your gift is for God's use in the life of another. While we're different in appearances, experiences, backgrounds, and culture, we are all uniquely gifted by God with qualities that belong to others among us. I'll read it to you again from verse 5 in Romans 12. He says, though we are many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. (laughs) 
See, the scriptures declare that each member belongs to all the others, so also your gifts belong to all the others in Christ. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 12 gives us greater insight into this topic of being a gift and using it. It says, starting at verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received, watch this, to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let me share a thought with you here that your gift is not to be kept. According to scripture, it's to be stewarded. It's to be stewarded. You know, I'm very conscious of the fact that God is, there's some amazing things happening among us here as the people of God. There's a lot of growth. There's, there's healing happening in people's lives. And, you know, we should probably do a better job of, I was about to use the word advertise, but that's not what I mean to say. We should do a better job of, of, of sharing that. But there's, there's great things happening in the lives of people in and throughout what God is doing at Church at the Bridge. But, you know, that all started the same way the scripture talks about it. It started with people who took the responsibility and said, it's my job to help steward my gift. It's my job to steward my gift. The results that we're seeing here are come as a result of the decisions that people have made to steward their gift. There are teachers in our midst. There are, there are faithful people. There are, there are people who are generous in our midst. There are people who have skills in our midst. There are people who have talents and abilities in our gift. And then there are, and I want you to see that all gifts, not just the ones the scripture talks about here where you can prophesy. And those gifts are here too. It's that all gifts are spiritual because all gifts derive from the Spirit of God. All gifts. All gifts derive from the Spirit of God. And so there's something that you and I are called to steward. See, God is altogether powerful. He's altogether praiseworthy and he's altogether real. But when we add our gifts for the benefit of the whole, God becomes visible. And he's made known to those around us as powerful, praiseworthy, and real. But watch this. That happens as you and I contribute our gifts. Our gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, watch this, and in everyone, listen closely, it is the same God at work. And so watch this, in context, we're talking about people using their gifts. But what the scripture reveals to us is that God is at work when your gifts are in use. God is at work when your gifts are in use. You want to see God work in your life? Use what God has placed in your hand. 
You want to see God use you in the life of another? Use the gifts that God has given you. So you may not be the most eloquent speaker. But can you partner alongside someone and walk this walk with them and encourage them? Do you know that encouragement is a gift? Scripture says that. We're going to see that. Do you know that teaching, the older teaching, the younger, that that's a gift? That's a gift. Do you know that your experience that you've gained over these years, that that's a gift? The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from up above. You've been gifted with a skill. You've been gifted in your, in your avenue of profession. You've been gifted with, with the ability, uh, with knowledge and ability to, to impart that into others. You've been gifted with the ability to mentor someone. You've been gifted with the ability to give. All that comes from God. All of it. And it's for the benefit of others. And when we use our gift, God is revealed. I'll read it to you again, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 12. It says this, but in all of them and in everyone, in all these gifts, and in every one of us, it is the same God at work. Let me encourage you, let God work. Use your gift. Add to the kingdom, add to the lives of people. And so, I don't know if we really take the time to consider this, but you are a gift. You're a gift. Everything that God is doing here at Church at the Bridge is a result of a gift that someone is using to benefit others. Oh, you know, I, I, I can't see myself working with kids. Or, you know, we, we, we encourage people to serve. But I'll tell you why we encourage people to serve in, in all regards. I'm going to tell you why. Whether it's a community event, whether it's here in this facility, whether it's, it's, it's programs that we're running and other ones that we're developing, whether it's your expertise to help us grow something and develop something. Here's the reason why we encourage you all to serve. Because service, according to Scripture, is a gift. Well, that went over better than I thought. Listen, in these verses, we see clearly that God's power, his purposes, and his potential are possible for life. And they empower us as his body to do the work. But it's because you are here. Your gift is here. My pastor used to always make this statement to us. And even when we started the church, my pastor said to me, he says, son, never forget this. The gift is always in the house. It's always in the house. And I'll, be, I'll, I'll tell him myself, I've made the mistake in the past where I went and sought a gift somewhere else and brought it here. It never worked. It never worked. Never worked. But when you start looking amongst the body, you know what you see? Everything that God has called us to do is possible because you're here. Because we're here. Because we're gifts. And so for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to talk to you about why you and I should make use of our gifts. And I want you to turn with me to a parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 28. 
And these are the words of Jesus, and he's conveying unto us a kingdom principle. He's intent upon teaching us something about the kingdom of God that we should practically apply to our lives. And so starting at Matthew 25, and we're going to start at verse 14, it starts off by saying, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another one, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold brought the other five. And he said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, so you have gained five more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back, listen closely, with interest. And so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have in abundance. And whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In context, and we don't have time to get into this, but if you look at the verses before this and the verses after this, what you'll see is that Jesus is sharing parables meant to illustrate our need to be ready for the Lord's return. There will be a day when Christ will come and he will draw up all his children, dead and alive, and we will be raised up and he will establish a new kingdom and then the day of judgment will come. But in context, I want you to see that there's something that God is saying to you and I in that context. That this is one of those things that you and I have to do and prepare for before he returns. We have to use what he has entrusted us. That should happen before his return. And so, in other words, what we see is that without this principle, 
these truths in operation in our life, we're missing something necessary for the journey of faith in God. We're missing something in the life that God has called us to live. And so we see here that a man of great wealth is leaving on a journey. That's God, by the way. He's the master in the parable. But before he leaves, he leaves all his wealth to his servants. I want you to get a picture here that this is literally depicting what the scriptures declare. Listen, Christ rose up. And the Bible says that when he ascended, that he gave gifts to men, is what the scripture says. The scripture declares that he has given us everything we require for life and godliness. And so the gift is present. And God has gifted you. And in the midst of this, I want you to see that he leaves. Now granted, his spirit now lives within us. He's always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But in this parable, what we see is that the master leaves because he's confident in the ability of those that he's given and entrusted his wealth to. If you've ever considered yourself lacking, unable, questioning if you have anything to offer in life, or whether you can offer anything into the life of another, this parable does away with that lie. Let me tell you why. Because you have ability. Every one of us is able to do something. And what I want you to see is that you have something to offer in life. You have something to offer in life. And so after being gone for a long time, the scripture tells us that the master returns to settle accounts with them. See, he expects a return on his investment. God is a wise investor. And whether you feel capable or qualified or you don't, I need you to see we must appreciate this truth that God looks at each one of us as worthy to make an investment into. And so he returns to settle accounts. And what we saw in these verses is that the one who had five brings another five. The one who had two bags of gold brings another two. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he says, come, I'll make you ruler of more. I'm going to entrust you with more. And then he says this, enter into my happiness. And then we see that the other servant comes and he says, Master, I knew you to be hard. And I know that you expect a return where you have yourself not planted something. But he says, but I was afraid. And so I took what you've placed in my life and I dug a hole and I buried it. By the way, let me encourage you that God did not create you to be an ostrich. Ostriches put their head in the sand. That was funnier in my head. But okay. That was corny. All right, I won't use that. Remind me, guys, second service, we're not. Don't let that come out my mouth. In both these cases, we see that the master expects a return on that which he has deposited into our lives. 
according to our ability. The truth is that if you and I are waiting on God to do something with our lives, we're missing a very necessary reality. God has gifted you, and you can do something great with what God has given you. So what can we learn about why we should use our gifts from this parable? The first thing I want you to see is that you add more value than you believe. You add more value than you believe. Verse 14 tells us that the master gave all his wealth to his servants. Wealth here speaks of the substance or sum total of all the good that one possesses. Here's what the scripture is saying, that God has given his people everything that is his. A portion of scripture that certifies that for us is in Luke 15, where the father says to the second son in the parable of the uh, prodigal son, he says, son, you've always been with me and all that I have is yours all that I have is yours and this is an important point because sometimes we really don't realize the value the treasure the gift that we are your gift is God's treasure waiting to be discovered in someone else's life someone needs your gift in the body Someone needs your experience. Someone needs your talents. Someone needs you to encourage them. Someone needs you to teach them. Can I tell you that teaching, while we base it all on the scriptures, it's more powerful when we just live it and we share it. That should do away with that excuse. But, oh, but I don't remember scriptures but the scripture says that he's placed his word in your hearts and it's upon your lips you share what God is doing in your life and so you add more value than you believe I'm reminded of the story that I heard once of a of a statue that was somewhere in China it was this big concrete statue and and at one time you know people really esteemed this statue it represented something to them but over the years, you know, it kind of just became one of those things that was just there. And so before you knew it, people were taking cans of soda and just kind of leaving it there. And all of a sudden, this, this, everything around the statue became, be, became a little bit uh, messy, right? Before long, somebody started writing on it, and, you know, people just didn't pay attention to the statue. And then one day, this monk happens to come journey into this particular town, and when he sees it, He's moved by this statue and his appreciation for it. And so he goes to the town council and he convinces them to let him take this statue with him to restore it. And so they agree and long story short, as they're transporting it, all of a sudden a crack begins to develop. And he realizes that there's something behind all that concrete. And as he comes in closer and looks past the cracks, what he sees is that there's gold. The point with this is this. Eventually, what they do is they pushed past all the rubble and they discovered the same statue, but in pure, solid gold. Now, the point to that simple analogy is this. 
that these people were unaware of the value in their midst. Are you aware of the value that God has placed within you? Are you aware but neglecting it? Are you minimizing the treasure that you are? You know, there's no pride in recognizing your value in the kingdom. That's, that's, that's wisdom. To know that you're a gift. But you know, it's, you, you know what's true wisdom? When you use that gift. It's foolish to take something so precious and not use it. And so if you're minimizing your value, if you're minimizing your gifts, if you're setting aside the work that God is doing in you or God's calling you to, someone's losing out on something that God's, God wants to get to them. And it's because of your choice and mine. Hmm. And so you see, there's great value in you. And for some of us, what we need to begin to do is just look past the cracks. Isn't it interesting that when you look at yourself, when, when we as humans look at ourselves, we have a tendency to notice on faults. I'll prove it to you. Somebody came up with makeup for that reason. Do you not realize, ladies, how beautiful you are? Who told you you need makeup? I'm just saying. Here we are as guys looking in the mirror and going, trying to make ourselves look better somehow. Don't you know who you are, man of God? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You bear the very image of God. And so don't make the mistake. Let me back up here before I make this statement. There's great value in you and I, but sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. And you know, in church, we do that too. In the body of Christ, we do that too. You get around pastors, you go to some of the pastors' conferences, all pastors, there's always this comparison thing. How many people you running? Right? What are you guys doing? Right? And, and as, as Christians and just as people, we have a tendency to always look to the other side of the fence and be, kind of look at somebody else's grass and we go, man, I sure wish my grass was green like theirs. Why don't you start watering your own? Start focusing on your gift. So don't make the mistake of looking at what someone else is doing and miss your opportunity to do what you can do. Because each and every one of us can do something. 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 20 says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, 
There are many parts, but one body. Listen, you belong to the body of Christ. You have a valuable gift from God that contributes to us all. And we have something that contributes to you. Use your gift. Use your gift. The second point I want to leave you with here today as we're wrapping up is that your gifts are multiplied as you use them. In verses 16 and 17, we see that the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. And the second gentleman, the second man did the same. These guys lived with an awareness of the value of what the master had given them. And as a result, they saw the need to at once use it. At once they used it. So I'd like you to take a moment just to consider these, these questions. What valuable gifts has God placed in you? What valuable gifts has he placed in you? I also want you to consider this question. Are they dormant or are they dying? time to stop holding on to what God wants to do in you and through you. You know, to go where God is leading us as a ministry, it takes true gift. Because we're not interested in just doing something for the sake of saying we served some people. We're interested in making a commitment to the kingdom that impacts lives for the long haul. And if you've been around for any length of time here at Church at the Bridge, or if you're just starting here, I want to encourage you to get to know what's happening here and what the vision is here. Because listen, this vision is taking some time, but I know this. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because God is faithful to do it. These few programs that we run every, you know, every month, it's just preparation. It's preparation because we want to expand this kingdom of God. We want to rob the kingdom of hell of souls. And we want to fill and overflow the kingdom of God. But you see, your gift is valuable. And it's necessary to do that. There's some of you that you have a wealth of experience in working with community. You're in the community. You know Newburgh better than I do. I need your gift. We need your talent. You know, we have a dream of, of providing programs that teach youth and people skills. Man, where do you think that teaching is going to come from? We're not going to pull it by osmosis. The gift is here. There's something you add. You can equip a life. You can build a life. You can restore a life. You can bring health and healing to a life by your gift. I want you to see how important your gift is. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit, this is talking about your gifts, is given to each one for the profit of all. 
According to this verse, your gifts bring about a manifestation from God that is intended to profit people. The thing about it is that this word profit is synonymous with increase, with addition, with blessing, with answers, with wisdom, with strength. It's what God wants to affect in people's lives as you and I use our gifts. But get this, God is all about profiting his people. So don't rob God of his profit. It's his kingdom. And the gifts in you are his gifts. And he's given them to you and I. See, this prince, this parable here, it isn't about money. It's about impact. It's about impact. You bring change into the lives of people because you bear the testimony of Christ Jesus. You carry the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You have this hope of glory in Christ Jesus. You carry healing. You carry strength. You can help families. Your gift. The last point I want to leave you with here as we close is this. That the gift that you give away you keep, but the one that you hoard, you lose. I'll tell you something as we wrap up here. I'm going to try and be as brief as possible. But you know, years ago, Man, even when I was in the Marines, I'm talking about church when I was growing up. I had this, I had this thing, this deep respect and admiration for the gift of teaching. And then I, you know, I left church as a teenager. I didn't leave God. I was just, there was just a lot of erroneous teaching, and I didn't know any better. So I said, I'm, I'm done with this, this whole deal. But see, Jesus wasn't done with me. And so when I came back to church in my very early 20s, I carried that same, that, that same deep sense of respect and admiration for the gift of teaching. And then all of a sudden, over time, my wife can attest to this, I would come across people who would say, man, you're called to be a pastor, man. And I would say, the devil's a liar, bro. <laughs> Not me. Not me. And all of a sudden, we, we went to this small church, and we started getting around a few teenagers, and it was just encouraging kids, you know, and just, hey, how you doing? And Next thing you know, I'm, it's a Friday night and we're teaching kids. Hey, you know, you're called to be a pastor. I'm going to say, nah, man, not me, man. You got the wrong guy. You, you just don't know my story. And I always push that off. But for some reason, every opportunity that I had, without even thinking about it, I found myself imparting into the life of someone. Man, to the point that we would do drive 
advise in Soundview projects, not shooting at people, <laughs> but we would literally put up in a van that I had and jump out and just start talking to people about Jesus. I mean, I almost got bit by two Rottweilers once because they thought I was a cop. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm not the popo. But I do have good news. And I would just talk to people about Jesus. And all throughout these years, here I am using a gift that I was trying to neglect. The reason why I share that with you is it's not because I'm something special that I'm up here. It's not because I've got it all together. I've just learned that it's important to use what God has given me. And there's a pulpit that God has for you wherever you go. It can be in a community. It can be in a school. It can be in a prison. It can be in a workplace. It can be amongst your family. It can be amongst the hurting. It can be amongst people who don't know God and even people that do know God. But listen, share your gift because as you use it, you keep it. But watch what happens with that gift. It grows. And according to this parable, what we see is that it makes room for more gifts. You know what that equates to? More people's lives impacted. Let God use you by making the choice to use your gifts. Don't hoard them. Somebody needs the gift that you are in their lives. Amen? Let's stand here today. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. I want you to do something with me. Raise your hands up. Raise them up. But do me a favor. Keep your hands open. Keep them open. I want you to realize that the gift that you are has to be released. It can't be hoarded. And if you mean this today, if you, if you believe what God's word saying today, then I want you to pray this with me. And only if you mean, if you don't, there's no judgment in that. We're all in process. But if you mean this today, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe I'm a gift in your hands. And today, my hands are open. And I ask you, show me my gift and help me to use it. Come on now, listen, God hears your heart. God hears the plea of your heart. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that there's a release of gifts right here, right now, that there's a resurrecting of dreams that we laid aside, Lord, that there's a stirring up and a passion that's arising because your people are willing to go. Father, today we say, send me. Use me. I thank you, Lord, for exponential growth. I thank you, Lord, for great impact used, impacted into the lives of others. There's a release. There's a release. There's a release right here, right now. There's a shift. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, 
I want to encourage you to, yes, use your gift in this world. But I want to equally encourage you and even more importantly say to you, begin by using your gift in the body. Because, listen, it takes people to build people in the kingdom. I'm, I'm not doing this alone. I'll let you know. My prayer before the Lord has been this. Lord, if I got to do this alone, I quit. And I mean it. I mean it. Because I'm not that important. This does not revolve around me. This revolves around God working through us. It's very possible that today there's someone, whether you're here or you're watching us online, and you've never seen the value of your life. You've never realized that God has created you to be a gift. But that God also wants to surround you with gifts. And if that's you today and you acknowledge and you realize how precious you are, I want you to see that God loves you so much that he paid the ultimate price so that you could maximize your gift. The Bible says that God sent his son into the world. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him, that whoever believes that he would die on our behalf and that he would rise again and that he would do away with this issue of sin and restore us to him. That if we believe that, that we would partake of eternal life. But verse 17 in John 3 says this, that God didn't send his son into the world to condemn you and I. He focused on the cracks. He focused on the goal within you. And today we say you're valuable. And so if you believe that and you need God and you want to pray that with us, say this with us as we close. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe you paid the price for me. Today I declare you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my God. And from this day forward, I believe I'm a gift. And I choose to use it as you lead me to impact change. Lead me, guide me, and show me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Don't leave here without sharing with somebody the gift that you are, what God is doing in your life. Now, Father, we thank you for Jesus and your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next Sunday. Hey friends and family, thanks again so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that God spoke to you directly through this message. And if he did, we want to know. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can even give us a call at the office to let us know how God spoke to you. Don't forget to also share this message with a friend, a co-worker. Share it on your social media stories. You never know who in your life may be blessed by this word. Thank you again for checking out our weekly sermon podcast, and we'll see you next week.